This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 123. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Beth Livingston. Beth is a former WordPress designer developer turned online educator. She helps WordPress folks learn to get projects completed on time, within budget, with features that meet the client's business requirements. Hello, Beth. Hi. Thanks for having me today. We're glad you're here. Thanks for being here, Beth. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, well, I spent 25, I started life as um, actually um, a kindergarten teacher, well, first grade, and then um, I went into corporate and started working as a business analyst and training specialist in corporate and built my first WordPress website around 2009 um, uh, for, for a side project. I mean, isn't this the way that most WordPress agencies are born, right? You start building a website for yourself. Then you start building them for friends and family. And then you think, wait, I could do this as a job. (laughs) So that's exactly what I did. I left corporate in 2016, started developing websites for folks. And my whole shtick was not only am I going to build this website for you, but I'm going to teach you how to manage it and maintain it going forward because I just didn't want to do the aftercare. I'd been a help desk helper before and I didn't like all of that. Um, I've, it didn't take me very long to find out that most business owners don't want to manage their own website. And uh, so what would happen is, oh, can you just do this for me? Can you just do this for me? At the same time, I started going to WordCamps and going to WordPress meetups and realized that so much of the stuff that agencies and individual providers are struggling with are things I have the answer to. I know how to stop scope creep. I know how to get content from the client on time. And all that stuff you have to do very early on to make sure that the project runs smoothly. And I uh, did my first talk at WordCamp Asheville. And I mean, this a couple of people actually chased me to the parking lot after it was over to tell me awesome. how much I had had an impact on what they do. And then when I saw that same person the next year, she said, you completely changed my business. She said, now I'm getting paid for everything. And, you know, and all I did was tell them how to restructure their payment schedule. It just, you know, to me, it's like, seriously, that wasn't really a big thing, but for her, it really was. And so that's when I said, you know what, I should probably combine my skills. I'm a WordPress person. Um, I have all this project management background and I'm an instructional designer. So I should probably put all of that together. My master's degree is in instructional design, Um, even though I worked in corporate and ended up being a business analyst. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I should just combine all those skills. And I'm now loving what I do so much because I'm creating online training. As I said, you know, what is the definition of project success on time within budget with features that meet the client's business requirements? And that's what I'm helping people do now. That's awesome. Um, I can, I love the passion that you have and to hear you say that you love what you do with such enthusiasm and commitment is great. I, uh, feel that way a lot too. And I think a lot of people in WordPress do, but you, you're, you stand out to me as somebody who's really happy. What do you love the most about what you do? 
oh, just watching businesses transform just by what I tell them or, or give them a process improvement. And to them, it's golden. And, you know, that's, that's so rewarding. See, I'd forgotten what that was like. Because when you teach in corporate, most of the people that you're teaching were forced to be there. <laughs> and they're not, they're not, you know, they want you to cut off the top of their head and pour the knowledge in. Whereas you go to a word camp and talk and people are just like hungry and they're so thankful for what you teach them. And so that just helping people is just really rewarding. Yeah. Um, so you've been to word camps and spoken at word camps. How did you discover the WordPress community and word camps? You know, I'm not really sure. I guess, um, how did I? I think I stumbled across WordCamp Atlanta. And no, WordCamp Raleigh, which is right in my neighborhood. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. And then I, I had missed it. So I said, well, I'm kind of interested in what this is all about. So I went to Asheville, Atlanta. And then when I went to Atlanta, I said, ooh, I want to speak at one of these. So that's when I applied to speak in Asheville. Last year, I spoke at nine WordCamps all over the country because I was also wow. gathering information of what are the things that most people are struggling with in this area. I actually attended 10, and I spoke at nine of those. I went to WordCamp US as a GoDaddy Pro Ambassador. That was a lovely experience. Very, I recommend anybody that can. And this year, it's being held during the week. So for some people, that's a lot easier. I always recommend ward camps and meetups for connecting with your community. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. And uh, WordCamp US is something, it's on a different level for sure. And I did hear that they're having it during the week, which I think is, is a really great thing because when you work for yourself, you, you are, uh, I think that there's a, there are going to be people who can't come on the weekends because they need to be working, but for people who work for themselves, which a lot of WordPress people do, uh, there is that flexibility to be able to do that during the week. So it'll be interesting to see how the turnout changes, um, for, for having it during the week and maybe not on Halloween, like it was this year too. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the the talks that you've given at the different WordCamps. What topics have you covered? Let's see. How to stop scope creep um, once and for all. Also, how to prevent scope creep by embracing change. We talk about scope, scope creep a lot. <laughs> um, I have these six principles, six productivity principles for WordPress project success. So I talk about those a lot. And those actually came out of my time as a consultant um, in the IT industry in the early 90s. Yes, I know, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> but um, I worked for a company called Keen out of Boston, and uh, they were always in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for project delivery and, and doing things on time. And it was based on, it was because of these six principles. We had to, we, they gave us a book when you, when you became an employee on these six principles that John Keen had developed. And you had to read that book and you had to go to a two-day seminar and there was even a senior manager who refused to go to the seminar and they fired him because it was such a culture. And why? Because they work. <laughs> They're very simple. So I talk on those a lot too. define the job in detail. These are all common sense things that we know. Right. But we but we skip over a lot of them sometimes. Break the job down, estimate the time and cost, establish a change procedure, agree on acceptance criteria and get the right resources involved. 
all of those are just common sense. But when you break them down and you apply them across what you're doing, your project management methodology, so to speak, um, they work. Yeah, they become manageable, don't they? When when you when you list them so uh, explicitly, how do you go about finding clients? Clients for my training or clients for um, de- development and design? Well, I, I guess it's a ladder for your training now because that's what you're focused on professionally. Is that correct? Right, right. Well, I use um, I followed when I wanted to create this digital course, right? And, and so I created the complete project management roadmap for WordPress. And to learn to do that, I enrolled in Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. Um, and so I learned how to do that using a lead magnet. You know, like I have a, I have a, a lead magnet on my website uh, that talks about how to stop scope creep in your proposal, what things to put in your proposal to help stop scope creep. And uh, so I, I'll, sometimes I'll run Facebook ads to those too. But I would like to tell you about an interesting way that I used to get clients when I was doing website development, because a lot of people don't know this. When you are a member of a, of a WordPress meetup that is funded and sponsored by the foundation, then any member, one of the rules is any member of the meetup can organize an event. You know, usually the organizers will have a monthly event or my bi-monthly event, but anybody can schedule any kind of event they want to. So what I would do is I would schedule these help desk events at the coffee shop right down the street so I could just walk <laughs> and go down there and work. And, and then, of course, that comes up on people's um, dashboard, right? And so people would just show up. And these are people that were way too intimidated to come to a meetup because they think it's all developers and techie people and they're going to be, you know, laughed at or whatever, because they're just a business owner trying to develop their own website or trying to improve their own website. And so I would have, now I did not go there with the intention of necessarily finding clients, but that would happen a lot because they would eventually just throw their hands up and go, can you just do this for me? I do not have time to deal with this. (laughs) So that was one way that I got clients before. That's very ingenious. I like that. I like that. Beth, can you talk to us a little bit about success? Sounds like you, um, because you love what you do, I'm going to guess that probably has something to do with your definition of success. I've never guessed on somebody before, and I haven't known you for more than a few minutes. But um, (laughs) but we like to ask our guests how they define success and what success means to them. So can you talk to us a little bit about that word and, and what success means to you? Well, in the online education world, it's seeing people get results from what you're teaching. If you see people get results, then that you know that you're going down the right path. Now, one of the when I first launched the Complete Project Management Roadmap for WordPress, which is currently being revamped as part of my WP Project Managers Academy, and one and the reason I'm revamping it is that I tried to follow Amy Porterfield's um, method way too closely. I didn't follow my own principles. I didn't consider my audience. I did, you know, I created this thing. It was, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful course, but it's like drinking water from a fire hose. It's just way too much stuff. And I presented it sort of like a software development lifecycle manual. So it's not the way we like, we as WordPress people are accustomed to or like to consume information. So um, my success this just recently was talking to a lot of influencers, the recurring revenue retreat, which is 
related to WordPress, but not a WordPress sponsored event. Um, I, I got to meet some of the people that I had admired and thought, you know, they were these superstars and now we're like chummy and everything. And uh, some of the stuff that they were able to help me with at that conference really helped me to realize that first of all, WordPress people need a try it before you buy it option always, because we're just used to it that way, right? You have to have a free one and then you can sell me the premium one if it's something I want. Um, and the other thing was just breaking it down into smaller chunks. Let's see, break the job down, break the job down into smaller chunks that each chunk solves a particular problem or addresses a particular phase of the project management lifecycle instead of this ginormous thing that people have to sort through to try to find what it is they're looking for. So did I kind of answer the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So let me ask you about, about revamping your course. And, and in particular, you just saw, said something that caught my attention about chunking things down. And, and I get that. I totally understand where you're coming from that. And it can be pretty difficult, right? Because if you know something well enough to create a course around it, it's not quite second nature. I don't mean like that. You don't have to think, but you, you know, it's flow, you know, it's challenges, you know, the rules and you know, which rules you can skip at what point in time. And it can be a challenge if you know it that well to try to guess where people are going to say, Whoa, that's way too big a chunk. Cause for you, it might not be anymore. And I wonder what kind of experience that was like, because presumably you had broke it down into some chunks and they turned out to just be, bigger than uh, I'll say the general public had. I, what was that like? And how amazed or surprised were you by that? Um, well, it actually was not that difficult because again, going out to and actually talking to people, which is like the first rule of entrepreneurship, right? Talk to your customers and find out what it is they need and want. It really wasn't that hard. So we have content collection roadmap. You know, that is the biggest that I've done survey after survey, um, asked a ton of people. That is the biggest problem that people struggle with is getting content from the client on time and getting the, and um, the other one being the second being scope creep. So there's a whole scope creep roadmap. So if all, if your only problem is scope creep, you just want to know, okay, what do I need to put in my proposal? What kind of expectations do I need to set with the client? What are the tasks and activities I need to do during the project? And then what do I need to do on the project close? And how do I make sure that I get paid for everything I do? So I lay that out just all about scope creep. The same thing with content collection. Um, and then also risk and issues, which people don't usually manage. Um, and then each phase, uh, I broke it down into each phase of the development life cycle. You know, the proposal and then planning and then um, design and then development and so forth. Sounds really interesting. It is definitely a challenge when you're trying to get content from your client and keep everything organized. All right, what are your favorite tools to use? Do you just develop your own? It sounds like you have a lot of systems, but talk to us a little bit about tools. Okay, so um, for online training, MemberPress and LearnDash together are like golden. Those things work seamlessly together and MemberPress has been around so long that they've worked out all the bugs of a membership system and, you know, the payments and all of that sort of stuff. Um, in terms of what I teach my students and what tools they should use, the absolute best thing since sliced bread is Content Snare. 
because that, I don't know if you're familiar with the tool, but James Rose out of Australia has created this tool. And it, the reason I like it is because I also teach a content first approach. No development happens till we have all the content, but managing that content collection process, if you're trying to do it with emails and a cloud storage solution, that's crazy complicated and difficult and customers are always providing the wrong content in the wrong format and content snare solves all those problems. So that is my favorite tool of the day. It's not a WordPress tool, but it, it's designed for WordPress people. It can be used. The, the lovely thing about it is it can be used for anything. It can be used to collect clients, collect cl um, information from uh, event attendees or anytime you need to collect content or information, it's a great way to do it. James has done a really good job. See, I come from the software development world. So I also admire anybody that, that identifies a problem and solves it well with a piece of software. Yeah. And, and clients are generally amenable to using this new thing. Have you had any? Well, some, well, you have to adjust, right? And this is another thing I teach my students. Yes, I'm teaching you a process with all these tools. But if you're a client, see, I live in Greensboro, North Carolina now. There's a lot of clients that have hugely successful businesses that are not the slightest bit technical. Right. I mean, some of them don't even have smartphones yet. Okay. I mean, it's really bad. <laughs> but um, so you have to adjust for them. Sometimes we do, we go, we, we fall back to paper sometimes. You just have to. You have yeah. to do what's most comfortable for your client or you're not going to get them to comply with what you do. But the other thing I do is I include in my proposal a lot about my processes. So they're not only agreeing to the time and the cost and all of that, they're also agreeing to follow my processes. And if I get pushback on that, I generally will pass on the client because yeah. if they're not going to follow the processes, I know it's going to be a failure. Why would I take that on? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. How much, how, do, how would you say your business is split between the um, education of other um, website professionals and actually building websites for people? Well, I've stopped taking on new clients until I've got everything done for this online training. And this has taken way longer than I thought because I had it done and now I'm repackaging it in a different way. And I'm also getting, um, I'm having um, some of those experts that I've met over the last year are going to contribute a lesson or two with inside the program. Um, for all those things that come before project management and all that stuff that comes after project management, um, I, I can't teach project management in a vacuum. You can't manage projects if you don't have any. So you got, you got to know how to get them. Okay, well, there's a variety of ways to do that. Maybe you're going to focus on web audits or maybe you're going to focus on um, high ticket sales funnels, you know, whatever that is. But so I've got those experts in line to teach. Now, I want to say this uh, quickly before we move on. That's the advanced program and it's not ready yet, but the beginner program is. And so that was that. Remember, we talked about the try it before you buy it and the free option. So the WP Project Managers Academy is free. Um, and then they get immediate access to WordPress Project Management 101. It's a roadmap and, and it gives you a really good start, it gives you all the basics and a really good start on getting those processes in place to solve the problems that you're struggling with. And that might be all some people need, but then for those that need the more in-depth training, then I do have the paid program that I have no clue how much I'm going to charge for it. But here's another thing about the WordPress people. I'm going to make sure it's affordable. It's not going to be one of these, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars 
to take this course because that's not what I'm about. I do need to make a living because I didn't put enough in my retirement account when I was working in corporate <laughs> and I'm getting on up there. So I do need to make a living, but I don't, I don't need to make, Oh, this is what I had a gutter contractor say this to me the other day. I had a bunch of work done on my house and I said, gosh, you're so much less expensive than the next guy. He said, look, I'm just out here to make a living, not a killing. <laughs> I liked that. So yeah, kind of taking that approach as well. Yeah. There, I was reading a, starting to read a book called Your Money or Your Life. I think that's what it's called. And it talks a lot about this enough curve. There's, it's like a bell curve and it like you reach the point of enough money. Um, and then your enjoyment of your job goes down. <laughs> it's an interesting philosophy, but the whole idea of what's enough and do we, when you own your own business, like there's always, you should always be trying to do more and grow and make more and make more. And I've talked about this before with other guests, but the, just the, the temptation to work yourself to death just because you can, because there's always more to be had. Right. So, um, yeah, I like that. I'm trying to make a killing. I'm not trying to kill myself. <laughs> so I do, I do still maintain some customers, but I, I'm not taking on any new development work right at the moment. And when I do start taking clients back on, because I've learned so much from the Mike Killens and the James Roses and the Cliff Almeida and um, those folks, uh, oh, and Matt Rodella, I'm really thinking about website as a service and using turnkey websites and, and WordPress multi-site. Um, because that, you know, when you live in a, look, Greensboro is not rural. Okay. But it might as well be when you compare to something like Atlanta. So, um, you know, you've got these small guys who don't have a lot of money. They need a website or they've had a website built years ago and it's got to be updated and they just don't have a lot of money. And if you can create something that they like a Wix like experience or a Squarespace like experience, but using WordPress, so they get all the advantages of using that sort of solution then I think it's a really good way to, um, you know, establish some recurring revenue. Cause of course that's a, like a monthly charge kind of thing. So that's what I'm looking at going forward, maybe in the crafter niche. Cause I'm, an, I have craft ADD, you know, I'll like start a project. And I'm not go, sure oh, I what? know what that is. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I think I'll try that. <laughs> what kind of crafts do you get into? Um, well, I'm, I, I mostly love pottery because I just love that you can take a piece of dirt and turn it into something practical. And I also like that the stuff that you create is practical and usable. It's not just, I mean, not that I have a problem with art, but, um, just it, it serves a purpose, you know, as you get to a certain age, uh, and I've also been reading the Marie Kondo book, you just want to get rid of stuff. You know, you just don't want a lot of clutter around. So, um, I like things that are functional. So I really like pottery, um, but that's, you know, really expensive and time consuming. And um, I live in a very old house that is not the electrical hasn't been upgraded. So that's a long story. Um, but one of the, when I bought these kilns at this auction, um, the lady had been um, slumping bottles. Have you seen this where they flatten a bottle in the kiln and then it's like a, a spoon rest or, or you hang it on the wall because it's a cool bottle or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she had been doing that. So when I bought the kilns, I had to take these boxes and boxes of wine bottles. And I thought, well, I'm never doing this bottle slumping thing. So of course I went online and watched some videos and I started doing this um, where you, you, you break up all the wine bottles, then you, you tumble them so they're smooth and then you um, use epoxy to put them on a window so it looks kind of like stained glass. 
Well, here's the thing. That epoxy, after a while, if it's sitting in the sun, gets kind of brittle and yellow, and then all the stuff falls off. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for those customers that I sold windows to to come back and go, okay, this is crap. So, <laughs> but so I did that for a while. Um, you know, years ago, I used to do cross-stitch, you know, where you do the little Xs on in the fabric. I still have every single color of, of embroidery thread. That's one of some of the clutter I need to get rid of in my house. I'm never doing that again. I can't see well enough to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Beth, you, you have a consultancy built around guiding businesses and giving them professional advice on how to be more efficient and more productive. And I want to, I want to direct your attention towards advice for a moment. What's the best advice that you've ever been given and worked into your life in a successful and meaningful way? Well, those six principles really changed my life. But something Mike Killen said to me at the Recurring Revenue Retreat, and he was partially right. Um, so I was telling him, okay, I'm going to be work, reworking this course. And, you know, um, I sold this many and blah, blah, blah. He goes, you sold some of them? And I said, yes. He said, then don't rework it. Just sell it. <laughs> and he said it to me just like that. And he was actually right. That was, I was so busy creating this perfect thing that everyone was going to love that I didn't spend enough time learning how to sell and learning how to market. And again, followed Amy's prescription too closely because Amy's market is anybody that has an idea that thinks they want to create a course about it. That's a, that's a bunch of people. My market's different. Our people are jaded. They're, they're tired of sitting through an hour long webinar with, they know there's going to be a 30 minute pitch at the end. Right. You know, so when I started, the first two webinars I did were terrible. The second two, I started saying things like, okay, this is where the gurus say I'm supposed to tell you this, but I'm not going to tell you that because I have too much respect for you. I'm going to tell you this instead. And that's when I got sales. So yeah, that would that, just sell it was probably the best. And another, another piece of advice that he's given since then is um, it's too expensive is not a no. It's not. You know, it's just that you have to um, uh, explain to them, okay, well, yes, you're right. It's expensive. And here's what I could, here's here. We can start today. If you'll sign right here, mm. <laughs> you know, it's not a no. They're just looking for you to guide them into the purchase. I can't articulate it the way he does, but. Well, it sounds like you have to articulate the value for money, right? I mean, it's, it's, most of us don't mind paying good money if we're going to get quality, right? Because we've all bought things at a discount and three weeks later it's broken or it didn't work or it didn't quite live up to the expectation. Like, you know what? I should have spent 30% more and gotten the, the better model. And it's just having somebody that is giving information without selling. Here's why I'm charging this. Here are the benefits. Here's some examples of some companies that have taken the course and some individuals and here's what they've gotten out of it in six months, nine months, a year or something. So it's, it's demystifying. It's not this fee because I, I need to sell 10 of them so I can go on vacation. It's here's the value and, and here's where you get it. So I get that demystifying the value can be very, very powerful sales tool. Absolutely. Good advice. Yeah. I like that. What are, what's been the biggest challenge for you, Beth, as you've been building this online course, you've kind of talked about content and chunking it down and trying to sell and, and a number of different things. What's been the biggest one that you're either struggled with and, 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 or maybe you're still working on it. 
Well, it's something that I continually struggle with. And I tell people, and I don't mean, I don't mean to minimize um, people who have these actual conditions, but I feel like I might have a slight case of Asperger's because sometimes I just don't get what seems obvious to everyone else. And so I really have to stop and think sometimes and thank goodness I have some mentors that I can call up and go, okay, I'm thinking about saying this to this person. I'm thinking about doing this thing. Is that offensive? Because <laughs> sometimes I just can't tell. Um, I'll say something that I think is completely innocuous and then, you know, someone is offended by it. So I'm, that's a real struggle for me. Well, that's certainly a, a realistic concern, right? In, a, in an era where language is changing and levels of accountability are, are, are changing. But that can really be uh, a difficult topic. And certainly we've talked about it with, with some of our guests before, Tara and I have. What are you doing to address that challenge? How do you go about dealing with that? I'd, I'd agree it's a, it's a real challenge and there are different ways to address it. What's worked for you so far? Or conversely, what ways should we not try because it didn't work out so well for you? Um, well, just, I guess, slowing down and, and trying to see things from the other person's perspective. Um, but, and also realizing that you cannot be all things to all people. For example, and I'm probably going to make some people mad when I say this, but I saw a tweet the other day where someone was taking the issue with using the term guys when referring to a group of people, okay, that that was too gender specific. And then I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to use? And so I went and asked all my UK and Aussie friends, is the term mate gender specific? Because <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, you know, and then the, that same group that tends to have issues with words like that, dude is okay. So it's just sorting through that and asking people I trust that, okay, here's what I heard. Do you think that this is the way everyone feels? Right. So, I, you know, that's how I've been dealing with it is asking others. And, you know, I've trusted mentors that's, that have been in the community for a really long time. Um, and then some of the younger people asking them, you know, is this to your group? Does this come across as cheesy or inauthentic or, you know, I don't mean it that way, but it could be construed that way. So, you know, those kinds of questions. I think the, the curiosity and the comfort level in being inquisitive is a key to, to that process. We've talked about that with some other guests as well. And I think it is, you know, generational, generation to generation terminology changes. And uh, none of us I, intend to be offensive or say something wrong. And you, you don't want to step on a landmine for sure. Um, and you might and not not intend to, but what I'm hearing from you, and, and I feel this way also, is, is a genuine desire to understand what, what the best path forward is with language and trying to implement that into your conversation is really important. So I appreciate that you have mentors that you can ask and are comfortable asking the question because part of it even is if you ask the question, do you look, you know, do you look like silly, right? I ask my kids things all the time because they already think I'm silly. So <laughs> no harm there. <laughs> yeah.
Yes. But I think it's important to do the work though, right? I mean, if yeah, we are uncomfortable sure. or we're unsure of what we're saying, we have to do the work and do the research and put ourselves out there or we really do risk offending people. And that's nothing we want to get into. Not at all. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be speaking at these events and stuff, you know, you have to be careful about what you say. Yeah. Um, and, and the way you say it. Yep. And understand. I never intend for it to be right. that way. Right. Often I feel that I'm very misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, owning up to that and owning up to if you say something wrong that you didn't intend to and correcting the mistake and moving forward is important too. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Beth, I can't believe that we are actually out of time. How did that go by so fast? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> thanks so much for sharing your story thanks for being so enthusiastic about what you do it's great to meet somebody who loves to help others using wordpress it's it's just a great thing about wordpress that it allows you to do that so thanks for sharing with us where can people find you online my website is wproadmaps.com if you're interested in the wp project managers academy just go to that same website and there's a link on the homepage or forward slash join us. You can go either place there. I have a Facebook group called WordPress Project Management. It's open to join. You just have to answer three questions. That's just to keep the scammers out. It's not to judge you in any way. Um, so that's how they can get in touch with me. Um, I would like to say this one thing about the WordPress community before we close. And that is that I am 62 years old. And not only did I just learn how to fold clothes by reading the Marie Kondo book, do you know who she is? She's yes, like the I fold them writer. like that too, actually. I love yeah, her. So I've just learned to fold clothes, but I've also just found my community because the WordPress people are my people. And when you go to a WordCamp or a meetup, it's like going to summer camp with all your geeky friends. And no matter how geeky you are, there's somebody geekier. Um, so it's, and it's one of the most inclusive and accepting communities that I've ever been a part of. And I'm just, I, I feel like the rest of my life will be just fine now. Oh, that's wonderful. What a great way to end. Thanks for sharing that, Beth. It's great to meet you. Hope to meet you in person. Yeah, me too. Thanks, right. Beth. Really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Hope to see you soon. Okay, Bye. thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves. <laughs>